This is PhotoBizX episode number 465, and today we are covering so, so much. Rebranding, relaunching with a whole new look into a completely new genre, and utilizing photography competitions to successfully launch that new rebrand. Our special guest is Ali Stewart-Ross from Scotland, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. You may have seen that Ali is a newborn photographer. Please don't let that turn you away if you aren't interested in photographing newborns yourself, because there are, like usual, so many takeaways that Ali shares in regards to the total rebirth of her newborn photography business. That's coming up in just a minute. After the interview with Ali, I've got an announcement about a special for the PhotoBizX Premium Membership, which you do not want to miss if you are on the $20 per month plan or if you are looking at getting into the Premium Membership. As far as me and my week is concerned, it hasn't been a great weekend or start to the week, I have to say. I came off my bike, my bicycle, on Saturday on a training ride. I wasn't going fast, but when I came down, out went my arm to break my fall. And I've done something to my wrist. I'm really, really hoping there's nothing broken in there because you might be aware that I am heading off to Spain and France to go cycling, leaving in a couple of weeks' time. I do not want to have a broken wrist heading into that trip, so... X-rays were done this morning. Hopefully I'll get those results in the next few hours and it'll just be a bad sprain. Fingers crossed for that one. In addition to that, I get up this morning to start preparing today's episode of the podcast and the screen on my laptop dies. (laughs) Unbelievable. So luckily I'm running another monitor as well, which means I'm able to get out the podcast today. But yeah, it's just one thing after another, isn't it? Luckily enough, I do have full backups of my complete computer, but I have just created a bootable backup of my MacBook Pro just in case the lost screen is signs of worse to come. (laughs) It just doesn't rain, does it? It always just pours when something goes wrong. All right, that is enough negativity to kick off today's show. He's hoping things turn around for the better from here on in, starting with a great episode of the podcast for you today. And now, a macro If you missed last week's episode with Kate All from Simple Pin Media, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one, particularly if you are looking into or considering using Pinterest to grow your photography business. Kate is a Pinterest expert, a strategist, and she shared an absolute ton in last week's interview. And I have to say, I haven't been utilizing Pinterest I haven't really even looked at the platform for a long time and I was shocked at just how beautiful it looks these days. And in that interview with Kate, she shares all the things we should and shouldn't be doing to grow our business if we want to be utilizing the Pinterest platform. There were so many hints and tips and ideas that she shared, so many that I wasn't aware of. And I'd like to think you'll pick up so many good ideas if you do get back and have a listen to that one with Kate All. 
Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. If you are hearing this announcement, it doesn't mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Ali. I am saving a large portion of the second half of premium members only. It's where we go into the finer details of her photography competitions. So if you are loving what she shares in the first half and you want to hear more about those competitions that she's running on Facebook to generate all the leads that she is, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. There are more details on that at photobizx.com forward slash try or... If you stick around till after the interview with Ali, you can hear about the 12-month special that'll be running till the end of this month, where you can save 40% on a 12-month membership. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I'm super excited to be recording this interview because it features a photographer who is and has been a PhotoBizX member for a long time. It's someone I've been lucky enough to meet in person in an authentic Scottish pub, no less, and someone who I've seen work so hard on their business and is now reaping the rewards. Happily married now, she had a few years as a single mum to four kids under seven. She's been financially responsible for her children their whole lives and has brought them up with the earnings as a photographer. She recently went through a total rebrand to Mabel and Moose Photography, where her focus is newborns photographed in the Scandi style. In a recent exchange we had on Messenger, she said to me, I haven't done my first year accounts yet, but judging by my bank balance, this has been my most profitable year in business ever. I'm talking about the lovely Ali Stewart Ross from Scotland, and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Ali, welcome. Hi, Angie. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I guess, look, the first thing is you have to explain or share with the listener what Scandi style is because I had no idea. I had to Google this myself. I don't know if it's a common term, is it? And what is it? I would say in Europe, in Britain, yes, it probably is a reasonably common term. It's Scandinavian style. It's just shortened from that. So if you look in sort of house decor magazines or a lot of baby magazines, Scandi style is kind of banded about and talked about a lot. It's very simple, minimalistic style. I don't know what the fashions really are like in Australia, but for children in Britain, they're definitely moving away from powder blue and baby pink for boys and children are dressed in neutral colours, a lot of white, a lot of nudes and beiges. And that is quite a popular way to decorate nurseries and have people's homes decorated. And it's, it's a style I love. Yeah, look, it looks gorgeous. And I was guessing that it was popular or well-known in your area because even on your homepage, you know, your heading is Scandi style baby-led newborn photography. So it's pretty obvious and it's easy to see. I mean, when I Google the term and I want to look at the images on your website, they are super clean, lots of whites, brightly lit, beautiful imagery. I mean, how did you get to that, you know, you know, where you are now? Did you develop that? Like, did you fall in love with that style and start creating it or have you been doing it all along? Well, I, I kind of had this vision that I knew what I wanted to do and I knew how I wanted to get there. And it's taken an awful lot of training. So I I mean, training to me is everything from everything from learning how to shoot, learning how to style something, running my business. It's just I just train all the time. <laughs> I'm like a training junkie. So I think I started sometime in 2018. I knew that in a few years time, I would want to stop the weddings and commercial photography that I've been running throughout my my entire business and move over to doing newborns just because I would love to do it and it would suit my lifestyle a bit better. 
So I started just Googling, you know, YouTube videos, consuming everything I could. There was a couple of local photographers in Scotland that I reached out to and they gave me a little bit of advice, but I really didn't have the time to do anything about it. So I did a few shoots and then kind of shelved it till the next year, did a few more. Um, Lockdown gave me a massive chance to just practice it and refine it and get it to where it is now. So did you have the vision for Scandinavian style photography or you just had the idea of, you know, starting a newborn photography business? I think quite quickly I came to the the Scandi style. I could see the website that I wanted. I could see the style I wanted. I could see the clients I wanted. And I just had this vision. This is what I'm going to do. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) And I probably hadn't planned it until maybe about five years time. But lockdown changed all that. So um, my vision, to be really honest, which I haven't actually completed yet, was to become the best newborn photographer in Scotland and then at some point when I'm a bit older to offer training. So that's probably the next part of it. We're not there yet. And lockdown just brought everything forward. How would you judge yourself to be the best in Scotland? Like what's the measurement for that? Um, well, I know that's a bit of so bigging myself up. Not at all. I, suppose. I love it. No, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best in Scotland at all. There's loads of really good newborn photographers in Scotland, but there actually isn't that many newborn photographers in Scotland. And there are an awful lot that are doing totally the opposite to my style and, you know, putting babies in buckets and all the digital files for £150, which is, is just not me. So I... Yeah, I'm up there. I think I'd like to. I can say that, and I don't usually blow my own trumpet, but I can say that. <laughs> and I'm getting clients now. They're trickling through from the other side of Scotland. Which, if you're listening in Australia, that's you know about 200 miles. It's not that far. But in Scottish terms, people don't tend to travel for things like that. But I am getting people coming through to me, and they say we, we just saw your website and knew that's what we wanted. So. So something's working. Unreal. All right. I want to get more into the business side of things, but you know, you have been a professional photographer for a long time. How long? Uh, since I left school, which was about 100 years ago. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I left school. Well, I'm 59 just now. So I left school at, what, 17, went to photography college for three years. Wow. Okay. So the decision to wind up the commercial and wedding side of things, I mean, it doesn't sound like it was an easy decision, but it was kind of made for you when COVID hit. Did you already have the plans for the baby photography then or just that was it? You had to do something new? I had the plan and I had started doing baby photography and trying to integrate it with my Ali Stewart photography business. Um, But it was, like I said, it was a kind of five-year plan definitely to move over to that. And I think when lockdown hit, I did what a lot of other people did. I just threw myself into my weddings business because I'd been doing an awful lot of training. I spent 2019 training doing a lot of training to make myself a better documentary wedding photographer that was what I really wanted to do was documentary for weddings and documentary for commercial clients and I took a lot of training I spent a lot of money and absolutely loved it so starting something like Mabel and Moose I didn't have the name was definitely not on the plan for 2020 so when lockdown hit I think I spent the first two months just I redid my WordPress website completely. Then I switched over to Squarespace. I did lots of training. I did some training with Two Man, who I'd done their their residential course in 2019. Did some more with them. You know, I I didn't watch any Netflix. I just sat at my computer. I did the vlog challenge. I did everything to bring my weddings website better and stronger. 
And then I think two months into lockdown, I just thought this is not going to come back. We're not all going to be shooting weddings by July. And I had a chat with my husband and said, what do you think if I just close two businesses? Because I had Ali Stewart Photography, which was completely separate and was commercial. And I did an awful lot of work with the Care Inspectorate in Scotland, which is a big client who they regulate anybody that cares for anybody. So I was in and out of nurseries doing all their stock photography in and out of care homes. And obviously that was not going to come back. And I didn't see myself, even if we were allowed to shoot weddings, being in a room, you know, with 80 people full of alcohol, (laughs) all hugging. I'm a big scaredy. And I thought, there's no way I'm doing that. So, yeah, I sat down and and virtually overnight, we both said, yeah, just stop it. Close everything. Close the websites and start again as a newborn photographer. And then I spent another, I think it was three or four months building what is now Mabel and Moose. Right. So did you have to turn clients away in that time? And did you literally like yes. turn the websites off? Uh, I had two websites. I had Ali Stewart Photography, which was all my commercial website. And I had Ali Stewart Weddings, which was my weddings. And they weren't linked. So I literally turned the Ali Stewart Photography website off. And I think I had about three or four clients left that were just product photography. So they could give me things. So I did have to phone them and say, or when they phoned me to say, can you, you know, can you photograph 100 pairs of shoes? I had to say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. That was quite a risky thing to do in a pandemic when I didn't have any income at all. So I did that. And I suppose a few wedding clients, the most they had all switched to next year, to 2021. But at some point I did get to the point where I had to phone them and say, look, I am not doing weddings anymore and, and pass them on to other people. So I didn't shoot another wedding. Uh, that was it okay so you you were 100 percent in on baby newborn photography that was it that was the jump yeah one thing that made it far more possible than it would have been was something I used to get berated for from all my other wedding photographer friends was that I had a good few years ago in 2017 when I myself got remarried I changed my deposit to 100 pounds which everybody said, don't be so silly, you can't do that. But we found that when we were booking things, the easier it was to book, you know, we just found it much easier to say, yeah, we'll book the band, which costs two grand, you know, it's 200 pounds deposit, we'll book it. So I put my deposit down to 100 pounds. So I think I had something like 23 weddings booked in. And that's what 2,300 was what I had to refund to clients Plus, there was one that had paid fully because it was supposed to happen the day after we were locked down, couldn't. So I had to refund their money in full and they were desperate for me to do it again. So that was quite hard to see. You know, I need to refund your two and a half thousand pounds because I'm not doing your wedding because I can't afford to get COVID and not be able to be with the babies. And the others, I just gave them all back their hundred pounds. So if I'd taken, you know, a six hundred pounds deposit for, say, 23 weddings, I couldn't have financially done this. Wow. Okay. So that actually, it was a benefit for you to have those low deposits. A massive part. And I I mean, apart from it being an easy, you know, making things easy for wedding clients to book me, I did also think at one point, because at one point, one year, I think I had like 35 weddings booked in and they'd all paid £500. And I thought, gosh, I get run over by a bus tomorrow. That's an awful lot of money for my family to have to suddenly pay back to people. So if anybody's listening that's doing weddings, I think having a really low deposit it certainly never did me any harm. And I had 
I think, two weddings in the time that I did have my £100 deposit who cancelled very close to their wedding and both of them paid me in full, which everybody said, all my other photographer friends said, nobody will ever do that. You know, if you charge £100, they'll just walk away. And it certainly wasn't my experience. Oh, that's good. That's good. Tell me about the name Mabel and Moose because I think, you know, that name with your you know, with your cover image and the style you're shooting. To me, it it sounds like a big brand and like it's incredible to know it's just you. I mean, it sounds like an Ikea of photography. Yeah, it it does. Well, to be honest, that was the idea. I wanted a brand. I've never felt as though it was running a business. You know, I've worked to myself for, you know, since I was 19 till 57 when I started Mabel and Moose. And I've always just felt I was, you know, a self-employed photographer and I definitely wanted a brand. And I did take a lot of stick from it. So tell me why, Ali. Why did you want a brand? I don't know. It just felt a bit more validated. It just it was something I wanted to do. There are a lot of quite small companies that supply to young mums and babies, you know, clothing companies and things. And they've got the kind of look and feel that Mabel and Moose has. And that's what I wanted to recreate. And some of them you look into and they are big, huge brands. And other ones you look into and they're actually not. They're just, you know a mum working from home selling selling bibs or booties or something like that. Yeah, for sure. So how did you actually come up with the name? And just so let me just ask you before that, you said you wanted a brand there. Did you ever have the idea in your head that you wanted to build a business to sell or is that something else yes. entirely? You did. Yes, I certainly think I, that's part of the plan that I could sell it one day. And I, I mean, everybody says, oh, always use your own name. I took so much stick from other photographers. Honestly, my inbox was... <laughs> Every single point of everything I did for Mabel and Moose and shutting down the other businesses, I was bombarded with all my absolutely lovely friends, if everyone's listening, telling me I was just doing it all wrong. <laughs> it was going to be out on the streets by November. I'd, I'd changed my website to Squarespace. That was wrong. Um, I changed my name. I changed my domain. I changed, you know, I, I don't do dogs. I don't do anybody over 18 months. I didn't use my own name. It was all wrong. And so far, so good. It's, my decisions have been right. That's so good. I mean, we'll talk more about your revenue in a minute. Yeah. But I mean, I have to say, like, you know, I've known you for a long time too. When I first heard the name Mabel and Moose, I thought, wow, that's a weird name. That's a strange name for a photography business. Yeah. And I still, I mean, I can understand why I had that thought. But now when I look at it and having seen the name for, I guess, over a year now, it sounds like it's like the Ikea of photography. It's absolutely beautiful. And I want to ask you too, like, first of all, how did you come up with the name and did you get someone to help you with the logo, the look of the the font choice? Well, I came up with it sort of by myself, but I had a little team. So I roped in my three daughters who are target market age. So they're, you know, I think at that point they were 27, 28 and 29. So they're at that age and my eldest has got a little boy. Um, I also roped in a good friend who's my age, but she's very design conscious and she's an interior designer and her website is beautiful. And my sister, who is very, very arty, very creative. And we just I just kept coming up with names and, you know, saying, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? And there's quite a lot more than just thinking of a good name. We had to get or I had to get one that um, the domain was available that I could get an Instagram name, I could get a Facebook name, I could get Twitter, I could get Pinterest, all these things. It didn't mean anything weird in another country. And it would look good as a font. That was something because I always felt that my Ali Stewart photography just didn't write down properly. So 
eventually we came up with, I had bought a beautiful big moose from a Scandinavian country that's a sit-on toy for kids to play on. And I thought, I'm going to use moose because it's got two O's in the middle. And and then we, and I wanted something and something because it's quite on trend in baby companies. And so we thought something in moose, girl's name in moose. And yeah, my daughter, Sophie, actually, she eventually said Mabel. She just, <laughs> in the car one day, she said, what about Mabel? And I was like, that's it. That's absolutely it. Wow. And then I designed the logo. I did have a graphic designer make it into something that I could use, but I did it with my own little font and did the, the lines through the O's. And I, I messaged every single Scandinavian photographer that I could find and say, does this mean anything weird in Swedish or, or Danish and a couple of them came back and said it just looks like you've been an absolute idiot but um, it doesn't mean anything weird but two or three of them said it just looks like you're a British person trying to be Scandinavian so we'll all laugh at it but British people will think it's very cool and trendy so yeah that's how I, that's how I, I love that. that I love that <laughs> so a couple of things first of all for the listener you can see the moose that Ali's referring to on her homepage if you go when the interview goes live um, that's the moose, isn't it, that you're talking about, the one that's on your homepage? Yes, but it's very much, it's just a toy that I have in the studio. I didn't want a little cutesy moose on my logo or anything like that. I really didn't want that. And Mabel also fitted in because I, when I Googled Mabel, once I thought this is a perfect name, it just sounds great. Mabel was 104 on the most popular British girls' names, but it was going up the way. So I didn't want something that was going to be quite old-fashioned in three or four years time so I thought well it's going the right way so we've got <laughs> got 100 years for it will drop off <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned the two lines in the double o and the moose because it's that little touch to me that makes it a real brand it's so simple but it, it gives it uh, personality oh thanks <laughs> have you heard that from other people have you heard that from your tight group as well my clients love it you know they do come in and they say oh it's just so scandy and it's perfect and like I say other photographers just thought it was stupid I had so many people saying why don't you do like two little eyes or why don't you make it into a lens I was like (laughs) missing the whole point (laughs) that's so good I think I mean to be fair you obviously you'll not mind me saying this about you you're not my target market you know you're not sure you know you're not a breastfeeding 28 year old mum and my accountant hated the name he now says he loves it because it's his only client that he can remember but at first he was like what are you calling it that for but he's a man in his 60s and my husband thought it was about you know what <laughs> but I have to keep reminding myself I'm not my target market and you know that's who I was aiming for so good can you remember one or two other names that were on the shortlist yeah I've got a grandson called Finlay so he gets called Finn a lot he's, he's two and a half now and I kind of banded that about so I came down to Finn and Beer I quite liked Finn and Beer and that was all going well it was almost Finn and Beer and then I discovered it was a pub in Leith in Edinburgh (laughs) 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 because when you start googling name combinations you know they're everywhere Um, Mabel and Moose is I think it's two guinea pigs in Arizona have got the Facebook account for Mabel and Moose. So I had to go with Mabel and Moose newborn, but that was wow. it. Okay, so let me take you back to a couple of years ago. You launched the brand, the website. You've got some images that you've been working on during COVID. You know, does the phone just start ringing? Does the contact form start dinging? Do emails start coming in? Like, how have you gone from launching the brand to having one of your most successful years? 
uh, Facebook competition. And now Instagram is very popular as well. But definitely I launched with a Facebook competition. It was a lockdown babies competition open to all pregnant mums or couples, but pregnant couples with babies up to one. And I think I just hit it at the right time because people in the UK, when we opened up, we weren't allowed to go anywhere or do anything. So there was an awful lot of people that hadn't had babies photographed that had been, you know, locked in their houses, just, you know, saving all their money, basically. It was a huge part of the country that really struggled and didn't have any money and that, that was terrible. But there was an awful lot of people that did have money and they would come into me and when they were doing in the sales session they would say you know this is this would have been our holiday money but we can't go anywhere so we're treating ourselves and we haven't been out to a restaurant and I would say that stopped now I'm now competing with the travel industry definitely that's my biggest person who would take the money that they would normally spend on photographs got it I want to get back to the competitions in a minute, but when the clients came in for a session, is this into your home or do you have a separate studio space? I have a totally detached from my house what is a double garage. So I don't know how big they are in Australia, but this is 18 feet by 18 feet, which uh, 20 years ago when I started the commercial photography business, I had properly converted. So it's a lovely, lovely space, but it is still a double garage with no loo. And so they come in there. They don't ever come into the house. Sorry, so you said no loo. That, so that's a toilet for overseas listeners that might not know. Yeah, no toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone needs the bathroom, where do they go? Into the if ha- they're hopping about then, obviously. Into I the house. Well, during COVID, I did see that they're not coming in, you know, because there was a long time when we could operate as a business, but they weren't allowed to come into my home. So if I'd been a home-based studio in my house, I couldn't have had them in, but I was okay there. But people have been very, very good about it. There's hardly anybody ever asks to use the toilet. Um, So you're photographing and doing your sales sessions in the same space? Yep, which I love. I know lots of the training and things that I watched, people were talking about sales spaces, separate sales spaces and how they could be designed. But I actually, I've got my own little system and I like doing it in the studio. So it, it all turns around, I mean, it takes me five minutes to switch it around from being a shooting space to being a sales space. But while I'm shooting, they're in the sales space. So they're looking at the walls, which have got some very nice, nicely framed images of the sort that they might purchase for their home. I think because it's essentially the size of quite a, a generous sized living room or lounge room, as you compare to calling it a lounge room, So the furniture is normal sized, you know, so I can chat to them about the lovely photographs that are hung above a sideboard. And I can say, and this is just a standard sized sideboard. I got it from Ikea. It's it's nothing. It's not a salesy area, really. So they spend generally two and a half to three hours with me just looking at the walls and looking at me photographing their baby. And I'm chatting to them all the time. And and I, it's, it's not a script. It's not anything I do intentionally, but it's almost become a script. You know, I will always at some point throw in, you know, do you like that frame there? That looks fantastic above a double bed. You know, and oh, we never even thought about that. <laughs> so when they come back to the sales space, it's the same space. The sofa's just moved into a different area. We always have the wee chat, but oh, it looks so different. This is amazing. And oh, just move this over there. <laughs> but they're very familiar with it and they'll come in and they go, oh, that's the one we want. You know, we want the nine and one. We like that. Right. This is nine images inside the one frame. Nine images in one. Or maybe that's not in their budget and they'll go for just matted prints in a box. 
Right, okay. So are you selling what people see on the walls predominantly? Yes. Uh-huh. I sell what's on the walls. Only? No, I would say probably more people than not take a folio box, which is just a very nice cardboard box, but it's just a cardboard box with um, matted prints. That's your most popular product? I would think so, yes. It bounces between a box with 10 prints or there's a bigger collection, I think I called it my my ultimate collection, which is a frame with three images, so a triple frame, a nine-in-one big square frame with nine images, all of their digital files, the matted box with 10 images in it, and then they get two little boxes with six by four matted prints. They get two sets of them to give to parents. They get all the digital files and then they get a really nice little box with all of their images as loose prints. So they could just six by fours, they can just frame them. And that's a much higher price point. And I do sell quite a lot of those. So like when you say much higher price point, what are we talking? Two thousand pounds? Just, it was 2,100, but I just put it up to 2,200. Right, okay. And that's popular too? That's popular. That's a lot of product, isn't it? They're getting a lot of product for their money. They do get a lot, but I wanted to have a fair business. You know, I've listened to so many people, training people and groups that talk about their huge price points, you know, selling groupings for the wall at 5K and things like that. And I just thought, it's not me. It's, I'm... And I know they say there's clients out there, don't say not in my town, but I just don't want to be like that. I want to be offering fair products. And, you know, people still say my I am expensive. And I think, well, good, I'm supposed to be expensive. My daughters are like, you'll never get that for it, mum. And they're they're in my target market. Right. And they appreciate photography and they appreciate nice things. And they're like, who would pay that? I say, well, all your friends, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So on average, what is a client spending? Um, No, I did write this down. So my average, and I'm not brilliant on keeping averages, my average was about 900. 900 British pounds. 900. And so the year that we're talking about, so I, I did it from the start of my trading business. So I was working before, I think I started in the August but it was under, I did it at the beginning under Ali Stewart because I wanted to get the brand right. So I was just sort of playing about with it then. So when I started in November 2021, that was when Mabel and Moose launched. And so I've done it for a year. So I had 92 babies that I photographed and I average was 900, which doesn't sound very much, you know, when you listen to all your other podcasters that that's like small change but i'm so happy with that i think that's brilliant so again for the overseas listeners that's 1200 us dollars on average and 92 babies so that's over a hundred thousand dollars in turnover us dollars Mm -hmm. and i would say i went back i think that particular year i had about six clients that were not facebook competition winners so these are all competition winners Pretty much. Okay. So when you say competition winners, are these people that are basically coming in under the premise of a free shoot, a free session? Uh-huh, yeah. Wow. They've all come in through the one a Facebook competition. Okay. And then on average, they're spending $1,200 US. Yeah. And several of them spent my package. I just mentioned at 2100 So what's that in US dollars or Australian dollars? I think it's about 4000 Australian dollars or something like that. Yeah. So obviously you're getting some no sales too. No. Or low sales. Don't think I had any no sales. Well, I know I tell a lie. I had three people in those 92 babies that didn't come back 
for one reason or another. For the didn't come back for the sales session. They didn't come back for the sales session. I've never had anybody come back for the sales session and not buy. I think the least that somebody bought, and I think there was only one of them, they bought a little, I do a little petite package, which is a, a little box branded with Mabel and Moose. And they've got it's got three matted six by fours in it. And that package is there because when I send out my price list, which I do once they've won the competition, once they get sort of a little bit into, you know, committing to coming, they get my price list several times and I want them to look at it and go, oh, right, okay, so I could buy three prints for £270 or I could buy one print for 150 and I think I've had three people maybe or two people that bought the little petite package and that was it. Everybody else is walking out with pretty much 10 prints. Obviously, my average goes up and, you know, it's amazing how one bad sale or one good sale can totally wreck your average. <laughs> but I'm always just amazed how somebody will be walking out with the big ultimate package at £2,100. And I think, wow, you you entered a Facebook competition. And that makes me just so chuffed that one, they liked my pictures enough to actually spend that amount of money. But, but also that I managed to turn a Facebook competition winner or a third prize winner into that client. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I'm going to ask you about these Facebook competitions in a second. The products that you're selling, like these frame prints, are you stocking up on the frames? Are these like, um, do you buy them in bulk or are they custom frames? Is your cost of goods quite low? It's through a lab. It's, I use Loxley Colour in Glasgow, so it's through a lab. And so I just obviously upload the prints to them and they send me back the framed images. Okay, so do you look at your cost of goods? Is there still plenty of profit there when someone takes something like the Ultimate Package? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah, there's a very nice profit on <laughs> <laughs> Good. But it does cost me for every client. So I think for every client, now it obviously varies depending on how many actual finished images I show them at the viewing. But when they come in, they see finished 10 by 7 and 11 by 14 inch mats prints, totally finished. Part of my editing process, I pay an editor because I got halfway through last year and thought, I just physically cannot cope with this. I've got far too many. So I sourced an editor and she does a part of the process. Um, I edit them to a certain stage and then she gives it my little secret sauce to make it look lovely and white and and give it the, the Mabel and Moose look. So I have to pay her to do that and I have to pay for the prints, whether or not they buy them. So I think, and I've also got to heat the studio, which costs a fortune in the UK now. So the studio's probably heated to a huge temperature for about six hours by the time you count the, you know, the viewing and the shoot. And I reckon every client's probably costing me about seventy pounds, right? If they walk out and buy nothing, so I suppose it's a risk. Again, that's something everybody said you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you've, you've shown them you can. I, I think of it as stocking my shop. I mean, when I'm doing it, and I think, gosh, I've just spent, you know. I've just sent off to the lab for prints. And if I send three clients at the one time, it can be over £100 that I'm sending to the lab. And then the same for my editor. But I think, no, I'm stocking my shop. I can't open a shop and say, come in, we don't actually have anything, but I'll show you something, a little thing on the, you know, digital on the TV. And you're expected to see what it's like in your own, as a print that you could put in your home. Yeah. Look, I can totally understand what you're saying there. Linda and I walked into some jewellery stores today and one of the stores we went into, half the shelves you know, had rings and things missing that they'd obviously been sold or they hadn't been restocked and it just looked terrible. 
It's like, where are the things that are missing? Like they should be, you want the shelves to be full yeah. to look abundant. So you actually pre-print, it sounds like a lot of images when the client comes in for the sales session. Yeah, I mean, and it's gone up and up and up. So I think the first ones I was doing, I was maybe printing 15 and then it kind of bumped up to 20. As I get better at producing beautiful photographs and as I get quicker at editing, as I get better at editing, and also as I introduce more variety, so I, you know, I know what people are going to buy now. And there's an awful lot of images that I see on other photographers' sites that I just love. All the newborn photographers are in Australia. I think I have to move to Australia because they're all there and they're all amazing. But I think from what I can gather, they all work really differently from me. It's very much you pay a session fee, which is usually a reasonable amount of money. They're not like the British photographers. They know how to charge, but they give them everything. And I do look at them and I think, well, they're gorgeous and I really like them and they look great on Instagram, but I probably know my clients wouldn't buy them over the other ones. So I know what sells and you've got to give variety. So I think as I'm getting better at that, if I get a little baby that's quite settled and the parents have come wearing all the right things and it all goes well, I can easily be showing them like 33 or 34 images. And they're all printed. They're all printed. Yep. And some and all edited. And sometimes it works that they buy them all and sometimes they all say we love them, but we're going to take 10. But it's still it's still profitable for me to print and edit 33 images and they only take 10. And is this like a reveal wall that Sue Bryce teaches? Yeah, I've just followed the Sue Bryce model, although it's a reveal floor because I don't have a wall big enough. So, And I actually like doing it on the floor. I've never done it on the wall, but I used to kind of prop them up on the sofa and on a sideboard, which is kind of like a wall. And then they got too many. So they're on the floor. And I definitely think, I don't know, I think the client just connects with them a wee bit more when they're on the floor. I think when they're on the wall, it's like it's like looking at something on a shelf in a shop. And if you don't take it off the shelf, well, you don't have to buy it kind of thing. So that's the way I look at it. But I have clients maybe that don't buy them all. And they're going, oh, we're leaving our babies on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> And so these 33, 34 images, are they all printed to 11 by 14 or something smaller? 10 by 7 inches in an 11 by 14 mat. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're all the same size. And then from there, they might buy their 9-in-1 or their other frame prints. Yes, and I think having, I mean, I tell them all this just in passing when we're at the shooting session. So at the end of, this, the, end of the shoot, I will sit them down and say, you've got five minutes and we'll go through everything. So... I tell them all about the advantages of coming back to see them. They see them on the TV, which is just absolutely lovely and it's a nice experience and they don't need to make any decisions about what they want to purchase during that because then I will have all the prints and then they can, you know, we can move them around. Well, I move them around. I have white gloves and they're not allowed to touch them. So if they want a nine-in-one, we can map it out on the floor and, you know, see what they're going to look like as that grouping. And they're part of the process, but they like me to tell them what looks good. Because sometimes they'll put things in that don't look good. Right, as clients do, yeah. So uh-huh. just so I understand, Ali, so they come in to the studio for the purchasing appointment. They sit on the couch, which is now set up like a, a lounge room or a living room. Yeah. That They watch a slideshow on the TV and then you bring the matted prints out and lay them out on the floor. Yeah, and I've got a bit of theatre around it because it comes out and I've got my white gloves and I sit it down and I'm like, open the box and they're just like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I tell them how this is just brilliant because they don't need to sit and look at a TV screen. I say, can you imagine how difficult this would be if we were flipping back and forwards and 
And they were like, oh, that would be a nightmare. And some of them will have been to other photographers and they'll have done that. Because when I'm doing the Facebook competition, if I get somebody that has had their baby photographed, I'm like, yeah, well, you're getting a voucher because (laughs) I want them to come to me and have a better experience than they've had with somebody else. Sure. How many of the clients that come through the Facebook competition are upset by the fact that they now have to spend money to get these photos? I don't think any of them are. Why is that? I always hear from other photographers saying, you know, this is a bait and switch method. You shouldn't be running a business like that. You're tricking clients. I don't feel I am tricking. I mean, part of what I was doing when I was setting up was listening to so many training. You know, I've listened, I think I've listened to every single PhotoBizX podcast. I have devoured Sue Bryce. I was in Steve Saperita, did some, a couple of sessions with him, everything. And I've taken something from everybody, but then I thought, no, I wouldn't want someone to do that to me in that way. So I don't charge a sitting fee. So when they win the competition, they don't have to pay a deposit to come. I probably massively overbook if they all came, but, you know, they'd be tearing my hair out. So I expect a fallout. And then I've got quite a, a big series of emails that start on Facebook and then they go onto Facebook Messenger and then they go onto an email, not a series. I'm physically doing every single one of them. And it's all worded so as they're not going to appear and not know what they're up against. So one of the lines I have is it's, you know, amazing. I'm delighted to tell you that you've won of the third prizes in the Mabel and Moose competition and you will get a newborn session and a six by four print beautifully mounted. And then I say that lots of parents use this as the perfect opportunity to have their baby photographed without any upfront costs. And obviously, if you fall in love with any more, you are more than welcome to buy them. I don't say there's no obligation because I kind of don't want to put that in their head because mm-hmm. there is an obligation because <laughs> they're going to love them. But if I think at the shooting session, they're a wee bit like, mm, I might throw that line in. But I don't, I just treat everybody as though they're a paying client. And I find a lot of them, I think they just use it as an excuse to come. So many of them have said, oh, we really wanted newborn pictures. And you kind of like say, well, why didn't you book? Why didn't you book someone? And I think they just, life gets in the way. They don't know who to book. They maybe think it's expensive and maybe their other half might say, no, we're not spending that money. Because most of the dads are like, oh God, we just don't want, you know, we're not interested in this. And then I would say it flips by the time I actually have them in the sales session. It's the dads that are going, we're taking them all and they're in tears and like, oh my God, we love them all. So I do think it's just helping people to come. I think, oh, we've got to come because we won this, darling. You know, we won this, so we have to go. So you come along, you take the morning off work and put your white jeans on and your white shirt (laughs) and we're going. Look, it's so true, Ali. I mean, the training that I just hosted with Katie Collenberg on the photography book projects, she said exactly the same thing as you just did, that the parents that book in for these sessions, they need an excuse, a reason to go and book the session. And then Katie's the same. She's thinking, why didn't you book in the first place? It's like, they just needed an excuse to do it. And you're giving them that excuse with the competition. Let me ask you about the competition. So what is it? So it's a Facebook ad. What are people going in a competition to win? There's always a first prize who wins a session and uh, I think it's a 12 by 16 mounted print. You know, a really nice big mount. It was just in a mount. It's not in a frame. I think, you know, well, you know what it costs me for a a mount and a a picture. Not very much. Not a lot. (laughs) Not a lot. Um, I don't actually sell that unmounted in the studio 
but I have a price for it. So I say that the session with that mounted print would be £500, which it probably would be, but it isn't actually on my price list. So I don't I don't have a session fee at £500. They're all much less than that. So they're winning a prize that's £500. And then I probably have about four that win the same session with an 11 by 14 matted with a 10 by 7 mount. And then I have a lot um, that win a little six by four. And they're the third prize winners. I never publicise it as a kind of, you know, £20,000 giveaway. I don't add up all the different ones. I just say it's a £500 first prize and there only ever is one first prize and when they come to pick up their first prize you know they come in with the baby and they get a photograph with it and it goes on online I would say actually they bring down my average because I think I've run I think I'm on my fifth or fourth competition now over two years really because I, I did one just before I started Mabel and Miss so Mabel and Miss started in the November on the back of a competition that I had run so I was using these clients but they don't. The ones that win the big print don't spend much money. They always spend something, sure. but they maybe just take a little box at five hundred pounds. But the ones yeah. that, you know, win a six by four, they'll easily come in and buy the ultimate package. And at the end of it, when we've done it, you say, "Oh, Ella, you forgot you have to get your six by four. They go, "Oh, well, we forgot all about that." <laughs> <laughs> so they're not they're not there for the free print. Definitely not. Right. So the competition, you run that. I'm guessing you, uh, well, do you create a post on your timeline then you, you go into Ads Manager, create an ad from that post? Yes, ads. I've done so many courses on Ads Manager and I just, it's, a, it's a minefield. <laughs> I just always kind of like, oh. Okay, then, so let me ask you, I'm guessing you're targeting women of a certain age that live in Scotland. Yes, yes. Um, around my geographical area and recently I've started widening an area and I have started because I want to try and attract people from out, out with the area so as they'll tell their friends it's just a nice picture I don't tend to put a newborn baby on it because I don't think people will stop and scroll they need a nice baby with nice smiley eyes so the baby on the picture is usually about three or four months you know they still look like a tiny baby but they've got you know, eyes open, staring at the picture. And it's just, you know, when a photo shoot for newborns up to a year, I think the recent one I did to 18 months, but I'm not going to do that again because I've had too many older babies. Right. And then to enter the competition, there's just leave a comment below. Is it uh, message me? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. So if we chat in 12 months, Ali, like, where do you see the business? Where would you like it to be? I'd like it to be just probably where it is just now with me doing better in my photography. Um, probably more organic clients coming in so I don't need to spend so much time doing Facebook competitions. I think it's an ever-changing market. I mean, my, you know, I only shoot babies to 18 months. I'm turning people away now that are saying, oh, you shot my baby when they were nine months and they're now coming up for two and I'm, I'm saying no I'm sorry I can't I can't do it so I'll always need new people so I, I don't necessarily know how much it will change um, I probably I know I'll get berated for this I don't want to go over the UK VAT threshold unless I'm going to jump over it massively and I don't really see how that would happen because I only want to work 42 weeks a year I only want to work weekdays so I don't really see how I could do that Probably fewer clients with bigger sales would be better, 
I think. Fewer clients speak a South Shore. And just for the overseas listeners, registering for the VAT is something you have to do in the UK if your revenue goes or exceeds 80,000. 84, 84,000 pounds. 84 UK pounds, right. Yeah. So then if you go over or if you exceed that or you're projected to exceed that, you have to start charging how much for that? 20% is VAT. And I don't think my prices could go up 20% just for that. Right. So a lot of photographers in the UK seem to want to stay under that threshold. Yeah. I mean, my business model was very much work 42 weeks a year, keep my turnover at under 84,000, which is, you know, £2,000 a week for these 42 weeks. If I do, you know, depending on what a client spends, between two and four babies a week, that's me hit that. A very nice profit. I'm 59, you know, I'm not wanting to build an empire kind of thing. I would like to go into training because I'd really love to show people how I've done this because... I think somebody could be trained easily to do this that's not a photographer because the actual photographic part of it is not the biggest part of it. It's probably like, I don't know, 20%. But handling the baby, chatting to the parents, doing all the marketing is huge. Right. Well, you know what? We haven't discussed this, you and I, Ali, but I'm going to put something out to the listener. If you would like Ali to teach you, us, how to do the Facebook ad competitions, you let me know. If I get enough inquiries, I'm going to hit Ali up and see if we can put together a training course together for PhotoBizX listeners. I don't know if she'll agree to... Amazing. I'd love to do that. Awesome. Okay, fantastic. So if you're listening and you want to know exactly how Ali structures her Facebook ad competitions, then let me know. And if we get enough, I'll put it to Ali and we'll make it happen. We'll get it up and running. I'd love to do this because I'm sure this could work for weddings or portraits. You know, it's, it's not linked to babies, really. Fantastic. Awesome. Ali, look, it's been such a pleasure. This has been a long time coming. We, you know, we've talked about doing this interview, I think, for the last 12 months. It's so good to finally have you on. Massive congratulations on your success. I'm so happy for you. I love the brand that you've created. What you're doing is amazing. And again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you have. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited. Uh, can I just say, like, I have devoured everything in PhotoBizX and I feel like, you know, you're part of my business because between PhotoBizX and Subrace, I would not have a business because everything I've learned, even if it's not in my genre, you know, it's something to do with pet photography or, or something, there's always something I think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I could take that away or that's a bad idea. I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I love that absolutely love your podcast Andrew thank you so much for doing it thanks Ali that's so good and I hope I hope we get the chance with Linda as well to catch up for a Guinness uh, oh absolutely love that yeah. <laughs> back in Come Scotland back in 2023 <laughs> yes <laughs> I'd love that I'd love nothing more so hopefully uh, in 2023 we can do that and have another catch up with Julie Christie and everyone else we'll do it full hazmat suits or whatever and we're doing it yeah <laughs> sounds good <laughs> All right, Ali, look, I'll add links to where the listener can find you online and I'll start collating those emails when they come in and we'll talk about putting a course together. That'd be fantastic. Thanks, Ali. Oh, exciting, Angie. Thank you. Have a lovely day or evening for you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ali as much as I did. It really was a pleasure for me to have Ali on the show. So Ali, if you are listening again, thank you so much for sharing everything you have. Congratulations on your success. I can't wait to see where you go from here. I'm sure it's only going to be onwards and upwards. And hopefully we'll get some great response to the suggestion of you putting together that course on photography competitions, utilizing Facebook and Instagram. We will definitely keep in touch about that. 
For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Ali had to share. If you would like to hear more about the photography competitions, if you'd like to see Ali put together a course, some live training, please let me know inside the members Facebook group or shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com and let me know. If we do get enough response, we'll definitely get that happening for you in the coming months. Now, in addition to all that, make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 465. Now, in those show notes, I've got examples of Ali's beautiful work in the Scandi style. I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned. There's a comments area at the bottom if you'd like to hit her up with any questions you might have. And of course, if you are a premium member, you can ask Ali and tag her inside the members Facebook group any questions you might have. It could be something that you wish that I asked that I didn't. It could be just to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did, or even just to say congratulations on your success. But you'll find her inside the members Facebook group. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. I mentioned at the top of the show that there is a membership special. It is currently running now until the end of the month, 31st of May, 2022. You can save 40% on the 12-month membership. All you need to do to sign up for that one is go to photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. Yes, it is a special because I am going on holidays. <laughs> what better reason is there to run a special on the membership? So if you are on the $20 per month membership, this will be half what you're paying right now if you sign up for the 12-month membership. So you can get that for $120 US dollars. So that's $10 a month. Don't forget it is a tax deduction as well. So you submit your receipt along with your tax return and you will get a rebate on your tax with your PhotoBizX premium membership. So again, details are at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. And if you are a current premium member on the $20 per month plan and you've already paid your $20 this month, let me know via email and I will refund the $20 that you've already paid this month. So you can jump into the 12-month special. I'll credit back your $20 payment from this month and you're off and running with the 12-month special price. Now, of course, if you are already on this special plan, the $120 12-month plan, there's no need for you to do anything yours will automatically renew when the 12 month is up for your subscription. So there's nothing for you to do. You just continue listening as you already are. So again, all the details are at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. Alrighty, that is going to just about wrap up this episode of the podcast. Big thanks again to Ali for sharing everything she did. Next week, I have another UK photographer coming to you. And it's another success story from a photographer who really didn't think they were going to have the success they are today. Uh, It's a great story. Some great takeaways coming up in that one as well. Until then, if you are a premium member, I'll see you inside the members Facebook group. If not, I might talk to you via email. Either way, have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy and well. Safer than I was this week coming off the bike. (laughs) And I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 